this is the Pulling Dove podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This is going to be a much different podcast than normal. Kind of more real, maybe? I am staying at the Allentown. It's a nice restaurant, bar, hotel. And my mom's memorial services here. money for her memorial went towards the room here and my room to stay it's a full package type deal so Friday at like 6 in the morning I left my house in Scapoose and I drove and I drove and I drove and I drove I hit Yakima at like 9 o'clock in the morning and it was maybe noon by the time I hit Coeur d'Alene and I saw a billboard on the side of the road that said babysit your neighbor's skunk. I was like, how do you know my neighbors have a skunk? Her name's Lily and no, I haven't babysat her, but gosh, that's a little bit big brothery for me. And how many people have neighbors who have skunks? That's kind of scary. Well, anyways, it was Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Maybe more people have pet skunks there. And I got here after dark. Um, left my toothbrush where it was and bought a new one at the Charlotte's door and talked to someone that knew my mom from when she came in there all the time. And then the next day, I had invited my dad to come meet me at noon here at Allentown and have a beer with me, but he didn't get the message and didn't want to leave his house, I suppose. And everyone who should have been at my mom's memorial came. There was a girl who went to school with her and rode horses with her and played with her as a child who showed up, Marsha, and Mrs. Watkins, who was one of my teachers, and Tracy McDonald. My aunt put it together. Aunt Missy did an amazing job at putting it together, and Aunt Althea helped her, and their husbands, Leonard and Mike, were there, and Jazra and Maria were there. Jazra and Maria live in my mom's house now. And the neighbor, Reed Tobel, who's an auctioneer, he brought his PA system and he opened it up. And he's one of those straight, tall, narrow potato farmer. Um, kind of agricultural, strong. But he was wonderful as a person to open the memorial service. And I had asked for stories to be shared. And Reed read the eulogy and asked for people to share the stories about my mom. And there was a silence. And so I jumped up and talked a little bit about her. Said that she was a good mom. And that I know so much so many things because of my mom. Then I begged them for their stories. And the stories came, one after another. 
and I'm so thankful for everyone who came and everyone who shared stories. There were some amazing stories. And I'm so thankful for Lynn who takes care of my mom's dachshund. And for Jazzer who takes care of my mom's black and white dog. And for Missy who took care of my mom so faithfully and so wonderfully. For Dr. Chadre who took care of my mom and the people in the rest home who did a wonderful, loving job of taking care of my mom. It was a very meaningful service. After having been in the military, when I came back from Iraq, they put me on Red Cell, which is funeral detail. And I went from funeral to funeral to funeral with veterans. So many of the services were through two veterans with a great-great-grandniece who barely knew him that showed up and her two teenage sons who were really pouty because they had to be there and he had an open casket funeral and he looked like he was carved out of wax and I folded a flag and we played taps from a tinny little microphone inside of a bugle and it was just unmeaningful and cheesy. There were so many funerals like that that meant nothing. I've been to so many funerals where clergy were called upon to talk about somebody they'd never met and they had no connection with and it was meaningless and empty and insulting. And I did not want that for my mom and that's not what my mom had. My mom had a beautiful service. So, so beautiful. I'm so thankful for the people who made that service happen. Donald Bell was there. He is a good man and his wife. She is a wonderful, vibrant, beautiful woman. My cousin Rhonda was there and talked about my mom always having horses that she couldn't ride because her back hurt and pushing Rhonda to ride them and they didn't get ridden because my mom couldn't ride and so they buck Rhonda off and Rhonda looked well. I was surprised at how well she looked. She's older. She's okay. And that makes me feel good. There isn't a person in the room that I don't absolutely love. Mrs. Watkins, who's in her 90s, came. And her pain was so raw. And Marsha Langren's pain was so raw. She read about my mom's, my mom's passing in the Missoulian obituaries. And I could sense her discomfort when she walked in the room and I felt her pain. And my pain has already passed because I've been mourning for a year and a half, two years. I've cried and cried and cried and I'm, I'm done crying. I'm okay with my mom passing. But I could feel her just fresh, raw, new pain. And it hurt like, like it was new. So 
So today I woke up and went and visited my dad. He did not come to the memorial. It wasn't good to my mom and he wasn't really, it wasn't good for him to come and he knew it. He was welcome to as far as I was concerned, but it was good that he didn't. but short visit with him and I went over to Missy's house and Aunt Audley was there and we hopped in my mom's pickup truck and we went across Snow's Bridge and down to where the road tees and turned around and had peppermint schnapps shots and did a juniper sh smudge I guess the Kootenays are the only tribe that used juniper as a smudge. Most other tribes use sage. And um, we smudged the box and we put, I put the box on top of the, the cab. They got inside the cab while I did it. And I said, dust until dust, ashes to ashes. We all come from the earth and we return there. Goodbye, Mom. And I got in the truck with my aunts. And we went down the road. And her body steamed from the truck like, like smoke. It just streamed. Boy, she went. She went and she went. I drove past where the Buffalo Corral where back in 1905, 1910, whatever, they corralled the buffalo. We went past there through these hills that went up and down, up and down, up and down. I guess um, my grandpa had caused my grandma to induce labor by driving through there really fast. We drove my mom's truck through there and then we took it down to the boat ramp just by Sloan's Bridge and I went and got buckets of water and I washed the top of the roof and I poured buckets of water in the back of the truck. We took a little broom and there were rice-sized bits of her bones left and we swept them out of the truck and off the back bumper. And it was a beautiful, joyful thing. We went on to the bridge and we had another shot of peppermint schnapps. And looked into the water. And there was a bird that was making a beautiful song. My aunt said he was speaking. And he was speaking in a language that he could hear. says that her husband's dad, who's a medicine man, says that every bird speaks in the language that you can hear. And he can hear birds in Kootenai, but he can't hear them in English. I wish, I wish I could hear exactly what they were saying, but bird was speaking to my heart. And the place was so silent. There were no helicopters, no cars, and well, there were some gunshots. There were guys playing with guns. 
It was one guy walking around with this bow. It's the kind of place where you could safely shoot such things. It's quiet. So quiet. There's no place around Portland, around Skepos, that is quiet. It was so wonderful to be with my aunts in the truck across the river.